0: There are readings from John chapter 2, beginning to to read at verse 1. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants... Fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, Now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, He called the bridegroom over, a host always serves the best wine first, he said, then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine, but you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. After the wedding, he went to Capernaum for a few days with his mother, his brothers and his disciples. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks, Christine. Should we pray? Lord, we pray for ourselves and for one another that as we um, encounter you, as we read these stories, whether they're new or they're really familiar, that what is written here, these things that are written, would, would enable us to trust you, to put our faith in you, to believe in your name and have life through you. So renew our faith and renew our lives through your word, and in the power of your spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I have um, i think the, the title for this sermon was something pretty generic like, I don't know, take a guess, water into wine or something. Yeah, pretty good, isn't it? So I've slightly changed it to, to talk about... Um, about faith. That's the focus I wanted to, do, to give tonight. Um, faith that can open heaven or kind of witness heaven. I love that little line, the servants knew. Ha! It's good to be a servant or a follower of Jesus, isn't it? They knew where this wine had come from but faith that can open heaven. More on that anon. I'm not just grabbing the phrase because it's one of those cool phrases in the last decade. It's just here in scripture. That's where the idea comes from. That's the verse before chapter two begins. So we do need to join this up to what we've just left, which was Nathaniel very excited uh, at his encounter with Jesus. And Jesus saying, easy tiger, that's not actually in the Greek, and, um, and talking to him about what he's going to see as he follows Jesus. So, Here's this wonderful scene. It is a favorite, um, under pressure, because Chris preached on this a few weeks ago, and that was a great sermon, and a different sermon, so check it out on the website as well. Um, it, brilliant. And, um, but I love, this, um, I love this scene, and I love this scripture. It really is a favorite. Um, we're, we're looking at the first of his miraculous signs. It's early on in Jesus' ministry. It's astonishing. It's dramatic. And... Um, And I want to join it, first of all, as I say, to what has just immediately happened. So Nathaniel was, um, if you want to read back at your leisure or with some cocoa at home, Nathaniel is the last in in a few of the disciples to pick up with Jesus after his baptism. And um, was super impressed that Jesus had said, This is a true Israelite, and said, I saw you under the fig tree. And Jesus somehow had this knowledge of him. And I don't know that it was binoculars, I think it was a word of knowledge. And uh, so Nathaniel was just like, oh, What? Me? What? This is crazy. You are the Messiah. I'm sorry I said that rude thing about, you know, people from up north or whatever it is he said about Jesus. Um, and so Jesus just, um, we, we leave that scene, the previous scene to this Cana wedding, um, with Jesus saying to him, do you believe just because I told you I'd seen you under the fig tree, you will see greater things than this? And he says, I tell you the truth, you will, see, you will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth you're going to see these extraordinary things, you know. Hold on tight. Buckle up, really. You're about to witness the kingdom of God coming on the earth, never mind a place. You know, it's reminiscent, isn't it, of... um, of, of, of the encounter between Jacob or his dream of heaven um, touching earth. And he marks the place with a stone and there's a place and a story. But Jesus says, you know, now we're going to be walking this out together. You're going to see what you've never seen You're going to witness heaven opened, this place of contact between heaven and earth, this traffic of of angels of the purpose of God being released because that's what we see when we see angels hanging about and the the kind of the revelation of God's glory and beauty. I love that phrase, an open heaven. Isn't it beautiful? It's reminiscent of Daniel 7 and the, the Jacob encounter, as I say. Places where God is encountered, And things are changed. The purpose of God, the resources of heaven, the grace of God being revealed in the earth. So I think that that phrase is quite helpful um, to frame this wedding feast, actually, in Cana in Galilee. Um, In that village, the whole community are about to experience, whether they know it or not, the intoxicating reality of heaven touching earth, where Jesus is and where Jesus engages with life. And so we have, and what I'm framing this, so you've got Nathaniel super excited and Jesus saying, You haven't seen anything yet. We've got the wedding at Cana, and then afterwards, we've got the second, certainly it's a chapter of two halves, and I'm not preaching next week, so come along. Um, Someone else is going to preach, Joe Hurst is going to preach on what Jesus goes on to do, which is recorded as him um, turning over the tables in the temple. It's quite a different scene, isn't it, from a wedding feast where he's turning gallons of water into the best wine they've ever tasted. But in Jerusalem, Jesus overturns those tables. We find Jesus condemning the practice of of what's happening within those temple precincts where people were to be stewards of this place where heaven was supposed to touch the earth, the place where heaven is to touch the earth, where heaven is open. But... The temple and this economy and the actions there and the religion and the architecture in some of his conversations with, with his disciples later in his ministry are being judged as not fulfilling God's purpose of touching the earth and inhabiting among his people, dwelling amongst his people. So we have this uh, promise of open heaven and, and a judgment on the place which was supposed to mark that, the very presence of God there amongst his people. So back to Cana. So, who knew what Jesus on the guest list would bring to the wedding? Certainly not maybe what, was, uh, what happened that the servants and the uh, master of ceremonies, or certainly the servants knew and the disciples But we see Jesus' mother, when the wine runs out, just having this sense that there is a solution because her son Jesus is here. And that's the first thing that I want to talk about. The sermon is in four words. And um, the first two words are faith asks. So we're talking about the faith that can connect, engages with this open heaven, with the reality of Jesus among us. Then and now. And his mother has this wonderful sense, as I say, that there is a solution. And she models for us, So, what I wanted to point to tonight, a certain familiarity and presumption as to what is available in these circumstances because he is Jesus. I'm glad to be preaching that. And it's sort of a sweet spot for me usually But I'm actually at the moment in an interesting sort of little window and season of prayer of feeling quite shut up by the holiness of God. I love familiarity, as you may have guessed in the last few years. So it's an interesting thing to be proposing this, but I feel it's the word for us tonight. So here we go. So we have Jesus attempting to put her off, brush her off a little bit. You know, it's it's not our problem, says the NLT. Doesn't sound very Jesus, does it? Not our problem. (laughs) Anyway, but he's just trying to dial this down. This isn't, you know, this isn't obviously the agenda. I'm really not here in a professional capacity. Um, But this is the lesson, perhaps the first lesson for us to take from this scripture. Into life, into this year, I wonder how it's going. It's February now, which is a bit frightening, isn't it? But the circumstances that we see around us, our own, other people's, may be excruciating, maybe pretty good, something in between, probably a great big mix. But somehow, there is a picture here in Jesus' mother's presumption and familiarity that whatever the problem or whatever's going on, You may as well try and draw Jesus' influence into this. If the solution is needed, ask Jesus. Whatever we might be looking to see happening, it may not be that we're out of wine. In fact, that's probably not what the problem is here, is it? It's about where we might want to see the influence of God the grace, the generosity, the rescue, the purpose of God being found, discovered, seen, displayed around us. I mean, you start to pursue that. You're gonna feel need, the need of him coming. So learn from mum. Learn from Mary and ask. I know that sounds offensively simple, but Jesus said it, didn't he? Ask, seek knock I don't think anybody here hasn't asked and been left with questions but here it is again ask and the first point tonight was just that just that faith asks courageous faith asks again once you've not you know you've ratcheted up a few of life's experiences and we know That things aren't fair as they are. It's not a level playing field. But faith asks. And here it's how she asks that's really noticeable, isn't it? There's no groveling. She asks like she's family. Because she is, I know. I know that there's sort of something slightly incomparable here, but you're just going to have to go with me. But Mary's asking is asking with expectation, isn't it? And Jesus talked about persistence, about the woman who kept going to that awful judge, about the friend who went and banged on the windows well after dark asking for cheese, or whatever it was, a pint of milk. You Jesus paints these pictures of really antisocial kind of over familiar not giving up expectant i'll wear you down isn't this interesting is it legal but jesus taught us to do this and more actually so maybe tonight it's just about reminding you that yeah we're there again keep asking don't stop don't give up. He set us up anyway. We, we all prayed it. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a very open heaven prayer. A very, let's draw what is God's purpose and God's reign into the earth. Let it find its expression, his will expressed in my workplace, in this relationship that is falling apart, in this situation where we feel we are humanly utterly powerless because it's too big or it's too close or it's too painful. But your will be done in this, Jesus That's not our problem, said Jesus. (laughs) But she made it his problem. And if it's happening for you, it's his problem. Is that okay? Mary pursues it on behalf of this unnamed couple, this unnamed family, this wedding party in Cana. She wasn't taking no for an answer, apparently. In fact, she completely ignores him. It's not very respectful, is it? Again, we have got to ask, is any of this legal, you know? Um, But she gets the servant's attention and just says to them, do whatever he tells you. Isn't it cool? I really love this faith. And mums can be really embarrassing, can't they? Isn't it good? (laughs) But I love her pride and her confidence in Jesus. Isn't that a curious place to start? His ministry—the first of these signs. The whole scenario It's wonderful. There's much to be said about it, but I'm speedy, so in fact, I'd better hurry up. I've just cut the Tony Campolo story. It's a really long one. It's almost as long as the sermon. Okay, so um, you have to look it up. It's anyway. No, I digress. Um, so she. Um, is not taking no for an answer, do whatever he tells you. And this leads us straight to the other half of the sermon, the other two words, 4 sermon. sermon. Um, what does Jesus do? And this is another really important lesson. We'll see it, you'll spot it as we go through John. And then he'll really make a deal out of it when we get to about John 13, 14. Um, Jesus, it seems, doesn't, Doesn't say, it doesn't just seem, he doesn't say, leave it with me. He says, and he looks, for something to work with. He looks for stone water jars. He's looking for the raw material, and it's literally m- material. It's these, um, these and the symbolism is beautiful, these purification jars. Listen to Chris's sermon for that bit. And, um, but these jars, massive jars to fill with water. And the other crucial thing that he looks for, wait for John 6, it's the same. It's bread and people, people, willing people. He says to the servants, fill them with water. And... And that's what he does. He told them to fill these very big jars. Fill the jars with water. And what did they do? Not rhetorical. Never mind. They fill it with water, right? They fill them up with water. They, they do what he says. And so the second half of the sermon is about faith. It's faith that asks and it's faith that obeys. Just does what he asked. Does it make sense to fill these stone jars with water? It doesn't make any sense, does it? I mean, with the beauty of hindsight and a whole lot of amazing theology, that makes so much sense. You know what I mean? We're going to take the purification jars, and fill them up with water, transform it into wine. We get it. We know, we know. But we've got to get there and be the servants. Did it make sense? It made no sense whatsoever. Possibly it was slightly offensive. That's not what they're for. This is a wine problem. Oh, goodness me. So, but that's a huge lesson for us as well. There's the not giving up, the insisting, the expectation, the doing it again. That's very relevant for us, I think. It's great when you read a one-hit miracle. And, and then there's this second lesson about faith obeying. Did they wait? No, they did what he asked. It was a simple instruction. They brought the water. But even the simplest instructions we could question or ignore or overthink. But they came under what they heard him say. As it were, that's what obedience is. I mean, the, the etymology is ob, our dear is to come under what you hear. It's to do what you're told. It's that—that's what it is. They just do it. It's simple. He brought the jars. His second instruction is to draw the water out. Not logical. <laughs> and take it to the wedding planner, who grabs the groom. I'm discovering that they have between, now my maths needs to be checked by you, but I reckoned we got up to 700 supermarket bottles, not the big ones, you know, sort of a a dignified 700 milliliter, um, uh, but uh, not a big magnum, um, but about 700 bottles of wine. Maybe I've got an extra zero in there, I don't know. We'll do some maths at home. Do that as well at your leisure over cocoa. So let me just do this about... Hang on a second. The, um, it says 75 to 113 litres per stone water jar, um, or 20 to 30 gallons, and there were six of them. So it's a lot, isn't it? If you start thinking in litres, some metric, obviously. Um, and, yeah, so Chris is just working on that. Hang on. So... Um, but, the, yeah, the wedding planner is there and saying, why, why have you just cracked open the finest wine we've ever tasted in this part of the world? I mean, to be honest, it's a bit vague, isn't it? I mean, between this and this. How big were the jars? But maybe people just can't remember. And is, there, is that any surprise? If there are about 700 jars, bottles of wine, exactly. No one actually remembers what happened. Um, but... But, but for this, and this is what John notes, and this is important, that Jesus, in responding to this presumption on the part of Mary, and finding a solution that was so generous, so lavish in the context of this wedding celebration, we're told that he revealed his glory through this, the first of his signs. And the disciples, he tracked this They put their faith in him. They put. They believed in him. So his glory is revealed here by this. Answering a call for help. Ludicrous generosity. Supernatural provision. Was it a worthy cause? You know. You get your Church of England mission focused metrics out. And ask what was actually produced here. Apart from. You know, a significant extension of this wedding, which went down probably, you know, is the wedding of the decade in Cana. But what were the what was produced for the kingdom of God in this? But this is what was produced. And it says something as a start, as a first sign, doesn't it, about how precious to God you are, how joy and justice. And salvation and celebration are all part of his desire for us. And him coming to reveal himself and his purpose to us and bring us into his life. And the upshot of all of it was that the disciples had their first day in school really. They saw Jesus moved by Mary to act. Faith asks. They saw what an open heaven looks like. They didn't see any angels. But they saw an awful lot of good wine. This is heaven breaking in. Heaven available to the problems. We talk about first world problems. This is a first century problem. It was a significant problem. Not to be able to honor the hospitality that was expected of you. So he helped out a couple, no end. But how generous, how wonderful. And that faith that asks and the faith that obeys really was was their 101. They watched it happen. And you don't really grow beyond that pattern in our life of asking and in asking acknowledging the one who is in, among, and for us. a Faith that asks and a faith that will obey and will step out and do what makes no sense at times. That was what they were gonna keep learning. That's the faith that, well, God has opened heaven. But it's the sort of faith that can access what God is doing, I think, for others, for you, to reveal the glory of Jesus. So, I want to encourage you tonight with a minute to go to ask and to ask with that familiar and expectant posture that Mary had. Of course she did. But what about you? I want to encourage you to listen. Listen to what he might show you that you can do to be part of heaven breaking in. You, so you can give him something to work with. Step out. Take the risk. Make that moment where he can He can partner with you. He's always setting us up in that way. It's a little bit scary, but it's usually about 20 seconds of courage. (laughs) And sometimes it's a very long courage, asking and trusting. But faith asks And faith obeys, comes under what we hear from him. But I want to encourage you that this is the life of God breaking into the world that he, as we go through these chapters, and we end with Jesus excited to commission, to restore, to send, to encourage and equip ordinary people to go into the world for him. It's on this basis This kind of access, this kind of resource and grace to give away. The same open heaven that changes and redeems and influences situations in the name of Jesus and brings him glory. So, can I pray for you? Because it's time to go. It's a new week. Lord, let's pray first of all for each other and for our life together, because the the longer sermon would have gone on to a question about, does the church look like this Jesus? Is this the experience of Jesus that people would get? This is wildly generous and very cool, and I just pray, God, we haven't raised that as a question, but that you would be at work among us convincing us and so filling us with your generous love that people find you in this community and that as a family we can go far and wide and, and grow others to know you and love you and find you for themselves but that you would be found in this beautiful Generous, open heaven, grace that we see in Cana. And we pray too for one another, for ourselves, for the solutions that we need, for things that it might seem that we do. We dare bother you with this and trust you with this? Do we have permission to ask for that or to ask again? Would you just woo us and convince us to ask and to act? And would you help us to receive your love, beginning, middle, and end of all that? We want to live with you, walk with you, partner you, see your glory, and give your love away. So we look to you tonight, and we pray your blessing for each of us going into this new week. In Jesus' name,
0: amen.